Well, good morning. We are glad to have you uh, with us this morning for the Coffee Break Bible Study Podcast. Uh, hopefully everyone is doing good on this Thursday, and, and sorry we didn't get to record on Tuesday. Uh, this week has been very busy, but we do want to record today and let everyone know how we're doing. And, and continuing the series that we have, the one question, or the one question project, and, and the question that comes up today for us is, uh, why is it difficult for people to come to church? And you think of that question, and, and especially in today's society, uh, and, and, and what is going on today around the world with, with the pandemic, people are afraid to come to church. And it's sad that it's come down to that, that people are afraid to come to church. And many people will make it, use that excuse, well, because of the pandemic, I'm, I'm not going to come. And, and because of that, I, I don't want to be around other people. Well, the same thing goes, how, many, how often do we see that same person that's saying they go into a convenience store or go to a, a supermarket to buy something? And yet, it's interesting that people will make up these excuses of why they cannot come to church. And looking at several of them, as we, we discussed last night at church, going over the same topic, and a lot of it goes back to their value. You know, and a lot of the, the excuses that are given, and then looking at some of them here, uh, it lasts too long, their fear of being judged, it's boring, uh, all they want is money, it's filled with hypocrites, I've been hurt uh, in the church, they don't preach about Christ, I... I a lot of these it's become political, things like that. It's all about the value you get from it. And then one person put it this way. We look at, at different things. Uh, they say that church has become dull and boring. Uh, there's nothing from it. And, and really that comes from the worldly expectations that, that we the world sets on us today. Uh, you look at the world around us today and, and everything is so quick. It's always changing. It's always evolving into something else. It's always moving forward. Uh, and even in, in sports, uh, this comes into play. Uh, you, you look at a football player. We have a 25-second uh, play clock. Something is going to happen in 25 seconds, every 25 seconds within a, in, a, in the game of football. Uh, in, in basketball, you have a 24-hour a shot clock. Every 24 hours, someone's going to be shooting the basket. Uh, our attention span has gotten so oriented to this fast-paced, I want it now, fast food mentality that we lose value. And therefore, going to church ultimately suffers from that. Uh, the, the On average, the American... Uh, attention span is eight seconds today. And you think of that, every eight seconds, our, our attention is on something else. Uh, and, and a lot of that comes from uh, the internet, from social media. We we look at social media, and, and if there's not something uh, that we like right there in front of us as we first open that app or, or turn on our computers, what do we do? We start scrolling. And we start looking for other things. And, and really, that is that is what takes place. 
when we really start to dive into it, the value that we have on church of why people do not want to go uh, to church. And it's said that it's come down to that. And yet the excuses continue on uh, that are within that. Uh, and it's interesting. You look at some of these, it, it lasts too long. It's too long. Um, it's interesting. How long is it supposed to be? And it's not something that, that is quick. It's not something that, that you can just simply do. And it comes back to that mentality. We think of people wanting to just check it off. You know, I've been to church. I'm done. That's it. I move on with the rest of my life. And ultimately, that's not what church. And, and keep in mind, when we use that word going to church, we're using that loosely because the church is is not the building. The church is the body of Christ. It is the people that make up that body. You, what we should really be saying is, I'm going to worship. Uh, and, and that brings a different mentality. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to a church. I'm going to worship. And, and that mindset, if we could use that terminology, that could change a lot of this. Uh, church is, is, is to last too long. Well, worship lasts too long. And then I, it brings up that whole mentality of why am I there? Am I there because I'm there because of the people that are there? Am I there because I want to get something out of it? It's not entertaining to me. I don't feel something. And that, that again, the value aspect sets in there. Is it what I am getting out of worship or is it what I'm putting into worship? Uh, that's valuable, uh, and that brings up a whole whole another realm there. When we start thinking of of why people don't come to church, we've lost that mentality of of what is acceptable at church, and hopefully we can uh, we can address that and, and move forward from it. But looking at some of these other things that are on the list, uh, it's it's organized religion is one that comes to mind. And I, I think of that, and, and I'm reminded of, of different passages within the Bible of of what a unorganized religion looks like. And if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul writing to those in, in, in Corinth, uh, talking right there about worship. Uh, if we jump into that very quickly. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, in First in Corinthians chapter 11, talking about proper worship, talking about the, the communion and, and what takes place. Uh, about every man that prophesies, uh, about the communion, how they were, they were taking of the Lord's Supper in vain, making it more into a meal uh, within that. Uh, those that were prophesying, those that were were preaching and teaching, uh, that they were doing it just everywhere. There was no organization to it. That gift of interpretation. Uh, and verse fourteen says, and uh, verse thirteen, in chapter First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirteen says, Where, wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue. My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Uh, what is it then? 
I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding also. Uh, else, when thou blessed with the, uh, thou shalt bless with the Spirit. How shall he that occupy the room of the unlearned say Amen? And at thy giving of thanks, when he understandeth not what thou sayest. And think of that. Uh, and he goes on in verse 19. He says, Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding than, my, than by my voice, that I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. It, if it's about being organized or unorganized, I'd hate to see an unorganized religion. And you think of that, it's organized in, in what God has given us, how he's put it into place, the examples he's given us. And so therefore, God has put organization into worship. It's through his word, through the examples that we see there. And so it's wonderful that we have that structure, uh, the, the the acts of worship that we think of. and and that we use them. Uh, one, what are the other ones that comes to mind as, as we look here at, at this list that we kind of talked about on Wednesday? Uh, don't feel closer to God after going. And it goes back to that idea there. What am I getting out of worship? And that's the really the mindset that people have today. It, they go to worship to get something from worship. Uh, if they don't feel something, if, they, if they're not moved by something, then something is wrong. Well, we have to keep in mind that worship is not for us. We are not the audience. Yes, we we can get something out of it by by, by learning, by hearing God's word proclaimed to us, by the the being uplifted by the songs and hymns that we sing, by by the prayers that we pray. Yet ultimately, that's not the goal of worship. The goal of worship is to give God worship. Uh, that's why we're coming. Yes, we, we take partake of the Lord's Supper and how powerful that is uh, to do so. But if we're not feeling close to God, the question that, that I would ask that person is, when was the last time we prayed to God? And, and think of that for a moment. We, when we, is it, when do we, become close to God? Is it in a worship setting? Or is it during that time of private devotion when we spend time looking within God's Word, studying God's Word, putting it into practice, uh, praying to our Heavenly Father, letting our needs be known uh, as we read throughout the Word, and, and how simple it is that we can go to God in prayer and that that line is always open. He's always willing to hear, um, you know, Paul would write to the, the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing, have that communication, uh, have that open, uh, so that we can talk to God. How do we grow close to God by studying his word, by spending time in prayer, and this is something that should be taking place throughout our lives, uh, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but every day we should pray without ceasing. Every day we should be studying the God's, God's Word. Every day we should be 
looking at what God has put before us and, and thanking him for the many blessings and, and asking for his help. And, and all these things come into play so that we can feel closer to him. And I think of Enoch, you know, Enoch says that Enoch walked with, with God. Well, what did, how did Enoch have that closeness? He obeyed. He listened to what God had to say. He he looked at he looked up to God. He looked for Him for guidance, and that's what we should be doing. If we say that we don't feel close to God after worship, uh, it's not really because of the worship service. It's something else in our lives. Uh, maybe we haven't put that put that effort into it. And, and there's so many other examples of this of, of uh, really excuses that come to mind. All they worry about is money. All they want is money. All, all they worry about is the numbers. Uh, I, I haven't found the right church, uh, or I haven't found the perfect church. And and keep in mind, nobody's perfect. Christ was the only one that was perfect that walked this earth, and and, and you're never going to find that right church. You're never going to find the perfect church because as soon as someone walks into that church, it's not perfect anymore. The idea of the church, the, the kingdom that God has put up, is perfect. But as humans, we're not perfect. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. And the wages of that sin is death. We're not perfect. And we're never going to find something that's perfect. Everything has flaws. And so we have to ask ourselves, if if that's our excuse, you're never going to find that right church. What, what, we, should, what we should be saying is, have I found the church of the Bible? The one that, that God put into place, what, the one that we read of in the New Testament, the one that, that God instituted, the one that he purchased, is that the church? That would be the right church. Is the gospel being proclaimed? It, that's how powerful it is. Some of the other ones that come to mind uh, that we we kind of looked at last night and, and kind of going over today, uh, and what, some of the things that come to mind and uh, that why it's difficult for people to come to church. I don't want some of the things that people say is I don't want to come to church until I get my life together. Well, I think of that and. and that's just another excuse. I don't want to come to church because my life is in shambles. Well, where is a better place to get our lives right than within that surrounding of people that are like-minded, that are wanting to lift each other up? The church is a place for new beginnings. And how powerful that is. We can come to church just as we are. It doesn't matter. God will accept us. And that's it comes to the next one. It says, I, if you knew what I have done, you wouldn't want me here. Well, God wants us. It's not about the people there. It's not about what, what someone's going to think. What does God want? God wants us there. He wants us present. He wants us to be there. Because it doesn't matter what I've done. And it, if it is something that I've done and, and people are saying, if you knew what I've done, you wouldn't want me there. God wants you there. 
because within church we have that idea we can we can have a new beginning we can be added to the lord's church we can have a, a new become a new creature we can be a, a a new child in god we can be forgiven doesn't matter our backgrounds those things can be set aside and we can be forgiven and we can look to christ for and that, that example and how wonderful that is Church makes me nervous. How sad that is. It's where God wants us. God wants us to be in worship. Church should not make us nervous, make us feel uncomfortable. And we, as, as, as members of the church, you know, ones that, that are going, once they're going, and I think of that question, we, we should not, be the ones making people nervous. We should welcome them with open arms. We should make, be making them feel welcome uh, and not nervous. Excited that they're there. Not bombarding them, but letting them know that they're welcome. Making sure that that nervousness is there, is gone. And then I think of the other couple questions that come to mind. Church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. And one person put it this way, I was reading, the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites, and he said, there's always room for one more. Imperfect people are always welcome. What a mindset. What, what an idea that everybody is welcome. And our Lord spoke to this. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. doesn't matter what walk of life you're from. doesn't matter what race you're from, what creed you say, what, what the color of your skin is, uh, your background. You are welcome. And oftentimes, the church gets a bad name for that. We, we, uh, we should be... A church that is always welcoming, uh, that have open doors, that have this policy that when someone comes, we should accept them. And I'm reminded again, uh, uh, and, and really what comes to mind here is James chapter 2. Uh, James being very practical. And read with me in James chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, My brethren, had not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come also in also a poor man in vile raiment. You have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, the good clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou in the good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or, or sit under my, my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? You have despised, as you see there in verse 6, you despise the poor, but do not the rich men oppress you and draw you before the judges' judgment seats? Do they not blaspheme the worthy name by which you are called? It says in verse 9, but if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced uh, of the law as transgressors. Do we look at people and judge them? The church should be a place for imperfect people to have a new beginning, 
to look to Christ. One of the big ones is that all they care about is your money. And it's sad that that comes to mind. That that's what people think. Because you think of the value of a soul. Souls and people are priceless. You can't put a price on them. And yet you think that money is sad. That when, when people think that the church is all about money, that's all we want. When it's really, we want you to obey the gospel. We want you to hear the good news of Christ. We want you to be welcome. We want you to see and hear what Christ has done for you. And that's what it should be about. And how sad it is people think of this. And and it's not really, why is it difficult for people to come to church? We have to keep in mind, it's not a religious. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. People don't have that relationship with Christ, and they've lost that relationship with Christ. And, and it could be because of the mentality that we have, the, of how we feel, uh, what takes place, of, of what we see around us. We want something fast, quick, easy. And then simply, some of them people just say, I don't want to go. I don't want to be present. And yet, how sad that is as well. And yet, I think of, of the church in a whole, how can I make th- make it easier for others to come? How can I make it more welcoming? And then I ask myself, have we been inviting people? And, and, and I challenge us to ask ourselves, when was the last time you invited somebody to come to church? To sit with you in the pew? To hear a message proclaimed? To do those things? Why is it difficult for people to come to church? Have we been pushing them away? Another question we need to ask ourselves. Have we, as a church, been the problem? Do we give that the, the building in, in the name of Christ, that church of Christ, a bad name? Because of our attitudes. What we've done. And you think of those things, how powerful it is. Are we making it difficult for people to come to church to make these excuses for what they've seen? And yet we think of those things, and as we go, as we ponder these thoughts and make sure that we can apply them to ourselves, let's look at them and say, why is it difficult? And how can I fix that problem? How can I make it easier for someone to come to church? How can I make it uh, more welcome for them? What can I do personally to let people know that the church is here, that it is flourishing, that it is a welcoming place, it is a place of new beginnings, that a place where they can feel welcome, that they don't have, they can come as they are. There doesn't matter if they're imperfect; doesn't matter what they've done. Christ will accept all, and how powerful that is. Again. As we end today, thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Make sure to join us next Thursday as we look at our next question uh, that that is coming up. Uh, Let me look at my notes really quick. I'll tell you exactly what we're going to be studying next week. Uh, I think we're going to be looking at two different topics. Uh, How the first topic is um, 
where did Cain get his wife? Uh, that was one question that that came up. Uh, very interesting there. Uh, should be a shorter uh, lesson with that one, but we're going to kind of tie that in with the next one. Where did Cain get his wife? And also look at the question, how can I love the sinner but hate the sin? Uh, which should be very, very interesting. How can I love the sinner but hate the sin? Looking forward to uh, that topic next Thursday. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Make sure to like and subscribe uh, to the podcast. Uh, we're going to try to kind of post episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, Tuesday just kind of giving a, a short devotional. Thursday going into the series of The One Question. Uh, but as we always end every episode, uh, always remember that God loves you, we love you, and we will see you next time.